you know I gotta go live immediately after this. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, I was trying to be as proactive as I can and have everything kind of laid out. So when I switch those hats, I could just go and do that. All right. So we're gonna kind of commit to a time. Uh, we try to go 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. And I think okay. today I probably got a good probably 30 minutes if we can. Okay, we're gonna so. go 30. Um, Angela and I have hashed out the topic in uh DM. Let me tell you, it goes down in the in the <laughs> DM. <laughs> I tell you, and then we hope and pray that four o'clock uh that we are both good to go. So uh be grateful in that moment that we are here. All right, so I'm gonna count it down again. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to hashtag we are becoming. Uh, everybody all over the nation is excited because our hashtag forever float is, I hate to keep saying hashtag, but we're in that world. Forever mm-hmm. float is Michelle Obama is on tour. And every week you see each city's excitement as uh, the float is, has, you know, swooped in to, uh, to their town. And we're counting down the days or the weeks that she is headed to Atlanta, May the 11th, I believe. Angela got the golden tickets and she has asked Dryer Bus to come along. And I said, well, you know, we got to do something in that vein. And that is uh, a podcast. And of course, a couple other things we're working out. But each week we pick a part of the book. So if you don't have the book, you can kind of get immersed into it a little bit, hanging out with us. If you do have the book, we'll note the chapter, or little pieces that we are talking about. Um, but even if you get the book, Get the audio. And Angela and I even debated if we need that third option. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is such curriculum, okay? And believe it or not, let me tell you, it is literally that uh, such curriculum. I was listening to chapter 19, Angela. Mm -hmm. And I thought I I was moving through the chapters. But then when she said chapter 20, I was like, what? (laughs) All of that was one chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today you have us, and I left my notes of that chapter 14. We're going to talk about a piece of chapter 14 and a piece of chapter 17. And and uh, before we bring everybody in, part, let's see, the second one that you gave me, I mm-hmm. think really kind of sets the tone for the conversation. So we can go back and reference it, but I really kind of want to start with that. Sounds if good. You don't mind. Okay, good. Let me see here. Let me get it up to my ear because I'm doing a headphone thing too. I knew I'd at least done something good for myself and speaking up about my needs. There was power I felt and just saying it out loud. There you go. Oh, Angela, that's a good one. That's that, a good I, one. I, I, you know, and that is in the context of her going in to um, interview for a, for a new job and really coming in with a big ask, you know, and so that's, that's really what we're going to talk about today is the ask, right? And mm-hmm. so many of us are afraid to ask, right? Or we get tired of asking, but for the most part, we're afraid to ask. And Yolanda, you've got a really great take on that about the ask. People know their why, but mm-hmm. not their ask. So this, I, you know, I thought, gosh, this is exactly right. And you can see Again, you know, we're using chapters to focus in on a topic, but really this is, would be throughout, these are thematic throughout the entire book. And so this, you know, you always, as Yolanda said, this is, a, this really is a curriculum. You can read it with one lens and then another and then another, but you can see repeatedly that Michelle knew her why, but had to come back around to the ask. 
Ooh, we got some kind of sound. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to raise my volume. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, and, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. So, you know, that, that she knew her why. She was very clear on what her values were and are, right? Speaking in the present tense. But she had to learn how to frame those asks. And sometimes it was ask and ask again. So that this segment that you played, that's in chapter 14. And um, if you're following along in the book, and this is when she has been, she's now, you know, she's, she's got uh, two babies, right? Mm-hmm. Rock is on the, he's campaigning for, for, you know, locally there and well, local for, as in Illinois, he's gone a lot. She's trying to figure out what to do. Um, she still wants to have her career. How is she going to work? What is she going to do? And so she goes in and basically says, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to ask big. And she, uh, as she, ta- she goes in to the interview and we may play some more of this, but the part that impressed me was she had a list of demands. If she's trying to get a job, right? She has a mm-hmm. list of things she's got to have. And she takes the baby, right? She takes baby Sasha, I believe with her. Yeah. Sasha is a little, and she just takes the baby along when she says three months old. She just took the baby with her and she said, this is it. I got to have what I need for me and this baby. Right. And I was like, there, how many of us would be bold enough to take our baby on our job interview? <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you remember when she first, uh, one of her, what was to be her first platform, and she was even called out for it because she had to kind of leap from, I think I want to do this, I think I want to do that. But the first initiative of going into the White House was going to be the whole work-life balance for women and mothers and, mm-hmm. and so forth. That was, that was first before they, you know, before the whole let's move part really took off and worked for her. But when we kept thinking about, or when, as I was listening to her ask, the entire book was, and one of the things I alluded to early between you and I is that when we talk about the ask, I want people to understand we're not talking about asking permission, yeah. but yet asking for assistance. And the big the big ask is asking America to be their president and first lady. Mm-hmm. So I love how she explained that hers, it came with no job description. She was like, okay, well, if there's no job description, there's no expectations, you know. Um, the ask, I mean, all throughout the book, asking the mom to come, um, mm-hmm. getting the brother to ask the mom, realizing the brother had a little bit more influence. Um, think about, and we all, and I don't know if everybody remembers it, but I remember the day or thinking about the day I always thought about this, um, after Barack Obama was elected, just the day of somebody coming home, your, your spouse coming home and saying that something that big is the dream. That's the ask. Can we, can we go for this? Um, the ask of starting the family, because they, they spent a lot of time together before they even started there. There were so many asks there. And, but a, an awareness came upon her because she was always kind of in the controlling position on a lot of her life, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people had to go to her for the ask. Here was, I think, the flip of the script for her was, whoa, I now have to ask for what I needed. Because we saw, even when she was a recruiter, for the law firm, you know, she, she knew negotiating, she knew her Mm -hmm. asking all that. But here, I think what we talk about in what she talks about in the book is that vulnerable side of the ass. Oh, I got to put it all out. I got to put it out there that listen, I don't know what I'm doing in this. I need, I need some assistance 
that was the ass that we're talking about. Well, and that's such a good point, Yolanda. This is the vulnerable ask, right? This Mm -hmm. is not the, I'm in my job and I'm going to ask, you know, I'm going to ask for something that is certainly that that I should get, or I'm going to pursue a lead or, uh, or just, just anything that would be an expectation that you ask for it. No, this is the vulnerable piece. And as you say, she's a lawyer, she's negotiating all the time. She understands give and take. This is a different, Mm -hmm. this is a different, this is a deeper, more personal level to say, okay, there are things that I'm going to have to ask for that I may not get, right? This is about uncertainty. And here is a person, Michelle uh, says about herself, she likes certainty. She wants a plan. She has check boxes. We're going to have a routine and a schedule and boom, boom, boom. And now suddenly she gets thrust into this uncertainty And it's an uncertainty that starts really with deciding to marry someone who was not in the checkbox of the plan, right? Mm, That she was a law law firm. He could run a foundation. They, you know, they'd both work nine to five. They'd have some kids. They would, you know, vacation. They'd save their money. They'd have maybe a vacation home and retire. That was, she had a plan, right? So just that was moved. Just marrying Barack Obama was, was a shift into uncertainty. And then the uncertainty just kept adding up and growing and growing. So yeah, he starts this, he's, he becomes, you know, very active in politics. Then she can't get pregnant, right? Then she mm-hmm. has children, but her husband's not there to share the load, right? Then they're going to mm-hmm. go into the president. She's trying to figure out how to work and be a mother, right? How does she find work that she likes, that she enjoys, and is a mother and is a wife and is navigating a husband with a political career? Then throw all that on top of he decides to run for president. And so none of this is certain. And as you say, the ask to the American people, I, we want to be your president and first lady, it was uncertain. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. He was certain he could do it. She wasn't, right? So all this uncertainty is very destabilizing. And that was, I mean, of all the things in the book, really, the, the two things that struck me were the things that we talked about in the very first episode was about striving. This is a woman who just... She's got drive and ambition and that striving, I, you know, from a baby. I mean, I'm like, I'm there with you, Michelle. I understand the striving. But this other side as well of trying to navigate identity and navigate her identity of what she thought it was going to be to what was presented with her and to do so successfully, not always perfectly, right? There's a, there's a great line about doing things, not doing things perfectly, but doing them with excellence, Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, that's it. She, she was like, you're not going to be perfect. There's going to be failures, but she continued to excel. And why? What's the secret? This is what I'm trying to put my nose in this book and figure out, right? And what I'm going to listen for when I'm there in the audience and look at her in their face, right? Is what's the secret of how did you maintain, how did you navigate all that uncertainty? Still stay yourself, even though you would buoy one way or the other and, right. and, 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 and get through it intact with clearly you read this and you can see that even as she had to step into a background as a person who's used to being in the foreground she still maintained herself and how was it she just kept asking and asking and asking and then there was the part where she she would adjust to a role and I think like the part when she asked for the training you know Mm -hmm. that was the one where she thought she settled in she thought, oh, this is going to be my role. But then based on the feedback and, and, and knowing that, oh, wait, part of the country is really driven by this first lady. 
So then she knew that there was a larger lens on her. I love the part. I just want to make sure I just kind of acknowledge this part when they, when they first went to the white house and the guy, the uh, security guy, the first secret service tells her, okay, your life's about to change. When you see all of this come around this corner to pick you up, you know, I love her describing that moment, but you kind of get a sense of her, the pain and the, and the fear when they day in and day out as, as their days start growing, the number of days start growing in the White House. And she realizes that she can't sit back and be as settled as she thought she was going to be. Mm-hmm. That this feedback is coming in on what, how she's walking, how she's talking, what she's doing, everything, critiquing everything. And she she says, is that what was that the part two? I think it's I think it's maybe the first one. So actually, yeah. So there's there's like uh, there's two in that first clip. I don't in chapter fourteen, and then that one in chapter seventeen is where she starts talking about asking for media training and 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 getting support through that. Okay, so the third one is third one is the third one. Yeah. Okay, so you want to play the first one? Yeah, go and play that one. I think this. Let me play this. We can tie these together. All right. This is chapter seventeen. I got it. I knew I had the right skills and plenty of passion, but if I were to take it. I'd also need to operate from a position of strength on terms that work for my family. I could nail it, I thought. If I wasn't overburdened with superfluous meetings and could be given the leeway to manage my own time, working from home when I needed to, dashing out of the office for daycare pickup or pediatrician's visit when necessary. Also, I didn't want to work part-time anymore. I was done with that. I wanted a full-time job with a competitive salary to match so that we could better afford child care and housekeeping help so that I could lay off the pine saw and spend my free time playing with the girls. Okay. I'll let that one play, but that one was the one during the campaign. Yeah. That's actually Senator when he was a Senator. And that's actually right. And that's actually connected to the, that's sort of the lead into the, to the, to that first clip that you played there where she's saying, this is her ask for her, for what she needed in her job. Right. So she's Mm -hmm. going on an interview and she's going to say, I have to have, I have to have proper childcare. I have to have a salary that will support me. I have to have flex time. I have to be able to work from home. I have to, you know, I may have to leave to take care of my kids and I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask for all of this. And she said, if I have this structure in place, I can be the mom. I can be a working mom whose husband is involved in his career to the point that he's not going to be hands-on day to day at home. Mm-hmm. She was not at that point was going to have, uh, you know, I, I think she they, they had some sort of a babysitter nanny kind of, a, you know, helping with the kids. But, but that was it. Right. And so she understood it took her a while to get there. But she got very clear at that point where she's sort of in this transition. Right. Got these kids. Now she'd worked, tried to work part time. She's like, nope, I want to work full time. I need to make enough money to have the support structure. Here's the support I need. And then she went in and she asked for it and she didn't flinch she did not flinch from the ask and so that to me was like the rehearsal right for the campaign where then she's really going to have to start asking because as you said in her career she's feeling strong she had trepidation around being a mom but she's getting that down now Mm -hmm. she's in a totally new I mean like I said this mom just keeps getting dropped into new situations and and keep in mind we're talking about beyond her control not knowing that you are history making in this moment all of these things are going to like she doesn't know yet that her life is on this trajectory or that she's going to end up because this is not their plan. Because like you said, she met this guy 
she's he's coming in through the same law firms as she is, right? And he's supposed they're supposed to be these great lawyers and they're gonna make this money and they're gonna, you know, have the 2.5 kids and the vacation home. But now he's got a sense of service. Yeah. Right? She's got a sense of corporate. And remember, she talked about a little bit how his sense of service would rub off on her. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, she was to be this high-powered attorney. But yet he had a sense of service. So at this time, while they're starting this young family, he's rising up the political ladder. He's now headed off and centered. Because even she talked about it. One, I think when I listened to the entire paragraphs, she was talking about them going to visit him in D.C. while he was there as a senator. So, you know, they had they, they had this dynamic of a family. And imagine if she didn't have the courage to go in their family meetings and say, hey, look, this is the ass, that things could have fallen apart. And that's the thing about it. How many of us just kind of watch it fall apart or don't live it because it's going to disrupt this and that, but you got to ask. There's so many people that are just afraid of asking. There's so many people who are, we think that are overnight success. And it's not that they're overnight success. is that they finally probably spoke up and they finally got the yes. When she knew at the moment, and think, she lingered, some things linger, and she's like, okay, wait, I've got to ask, because this is uh, exhausting me, right? Trying to juggle all of this stuff, and this is not what we discussed. This is not the life that she mm-hmm. planned when she was, you know, living in the south, south side of Chicago, even though she knew, you know, because she's met this guy, he's kind of worldly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, whoa, what is this? And I think she had a lot of whoa moments, like wow mm-hmm. moments, you know, still again, not knowing that they're on their way to making history, but still a lot of wow moments. But we have to learn from her ask. And you said, and I, I know that was the other one, but go ahead we'll, and I will jump to the Yes, and no, you go ahead and pull that third one up. And I think it's really important to say, though, that she was always the captain of her fate, right? She always, mm. she was actively involved. And Barack said to her, if you don't want me to run, I won't. And she thought hard about it. And in fact, she negotiated that, right? And mm-hmm. her, she, she had to ask around that. She said, fine. This was back when she was running for Senate, uh, and for political, yeah, for Senate, yeah. And, uh, and he, she said, if you lose, you're done. We're done, right? right. If you right. lose, we're done. And he was, and that, and, and she had no problem putting that out there and no doubt would have stood by it. And, and he was like, okay, deal. And so she, you know, so she's all along thinking he's not going to be a senator. Then she's thinking he's not going to be president, right? I mean, it's like there's so that, many things. And that's a, <laughs> that has to be, I mean, I know, if, I know the entire world was awestruck when it came uh-huh. down. It's like, they won, wait, we won. I, mm-hmm. I still want to like know. And I love, I love her describing those days of, of like, wow, we won. And then, and then you getting your transition team and all that together. But just can you imagine, okay, I'm going to do this with him. It was all, it's always these, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But here's my ass. Okay. I, I'm, I remember, uh, I don't know who interviewed them. We talk about an ass. I remember there was one interview prior to going into the White House. I think sometime during the transition, they sat down. I still can't. I don't know if it was Barbara Walters or somebody. And I know right when they went, right when they won, Thanksgiving was coming up. But this Thanksgiving was going to be 
different because it's like, okay, you can't just have the family. You just became president. We can't mm-hmm. just have the family over for turkey dinner. And I remember Barack saying something about maybe a little bit of chaos or a little bit of something was not just quite right. And I mean, she stopped the interview and like, we don't have that kind of misunderstanding. We don't have that kind of miscommunication. You know, Mm -hmm. as if we don't move forward. And you mean to tell me there was a moment when you were unsure. There was a moment when you were unsatisfied in something that went on around us. And I don't know about it. I mean, she literally like stopped the interview. Like, wait, let me have this moment with my husband. Mm -hmm. You need to know I got your back if you need it. And so she gave him a lesson in asking. And if you remember throughout campaign and then throughout the first term and, and, and all of that, he would always reference the strength in her ask mm-hmm. because she would always keep it, keep them. I mean, she was just literally the backbone. And I showed you, I sent you a photo of where that, this was the first photo where the lens went beyond Barack Obama and caught uh, a glimpse mm-hmm. of Michelle Obama, and that's when we really saw the the protectiveness, the umbrella that she had over her family. I'm going to play this third clip. Yeah, we're moving to that segment. About seven more minutes to go, guys. All right, hold yeah. on. I'd never received media training or speech prep. No one I realized was going to look out for me unless I pushed for it. Knowing that the gaze was only going to intensify as we moved into the last six or so months of the campaign, we agreed finally that I needed real help. If I was going to continue to campaign like a candidate, I needed to be supported like a candidate. Mm. So consider... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, consider the fact that this is is a time that she's been campaigning for a year. She's getting hammered over something that she said. Basically, they just sort of tossed her out there and given her no preparation. Right. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they call her in and like, you know, we got some issues. And she's like, OK, yeah, I got issues, too, because you've just sent me out here to juggle and do things that I don't know how to do. And and so she finally said, if you're going to treat me like a candidate, I you know, if I'm going to act like a candidate, I get the respect and the treatment and the support of a candidate. And I thought, how many of us mm-hmm. understand our situation are well enough to say, you know what, I'm functioning in this role, right? I think about mm-hmm. this in business all the time. I'm giving my clients this, 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 but I'm, I'm only asking as though I'm doing one thing, I'm doing 10 things, right? In my job, I'm acting like a, like, you know, a senior manager and I'm down here happy to, you know, I'm afraid to ask to move up from a junior manager, right? It's, but she understood what was happening but it didn't it took her a year to figure it out to figure out well what what's missing what's missing and she finally said you guys are making me act like a candidate then you're going to treat me like a candidate and you're going to give me the support of a candidate and then boom (laughs) I mean look look at how she was able to thrive in the public eye so Mm. you know that but it was this this if you're going to look at this this is to me the lesson to go back and look at as she's figuring things out in her life is that she comes up with a plan she sees where there's a problem. It's not working. She tries something. Then she asks for, I'm going to have to, I'm working full time. I'm going to have to go part time. Okay. All right. Well, no, no, I'm going to quit this job because this isn't working. I'm going to go ask for a full time job, but I'm going to take my baby with me because this is important. At every point she's, she reassesses and goes and asks for something that I think most people, I'm looking at myself and I'd be like, God, am I, would I ask for that? 
know, mm-hmm. is there a point where I would just like in the campaign when she's just being pummeled, she, she talks about being punched in the face, right? It's like being punched in the face over and over again. Is there a point? And she even said there was a point where she said, maybe, you know, she goes to, maybe I'm an, uh, an, uh, you know, a liability. Maybe I should just stay home. Right. And he's like, do it. Honestly, he was like, well, whatever you want to do dear." <laughs> and you know, and the funny, the, the, I, the irony in all of this is that for those that there will be a generation that would not have lived this with them. And I mean, I can remember these moments. I can remember much of the feedback and I've been in a kind of producer mode trying to get the clips. And so let me just talk about a couple of comments here. But um, I just remember when they asked her to come out on the campaign trail and all the things that she needed to put in place before she did that, the makeover, you, everybody remembers the great makeover because um, she got a lot, just, just a lot of slack for just appearing as a wife as if that was a bad thing. You know, remember you, we talked about it earlier, her having to, you know, hey, look, these are my credentials, you know, letting people know exactly who she was. Uh, so shout out to everybody hanging out in the room. If you do catch this on a particular platform, we do tape it live Tuesdays around 4 p.m. on Periscope so that you can see your comments. You can dial in with us. Uh, Jay, no, see, ZJ says Michelle was able to submit to her husband without feeling diminished personally. Uh, let's see. Seems Michelle came to realize her preparation gave her options. And then uh, there's so much, let me see, there's so much investment in the they, their realization of the union of the they was supreme. And I think we we finally got to see that because even she talked about how the other first ladies kind of struggled with that. You know, we, she came, I mean, they came in, we had modern presidents, but this was, this was the first time the Liz actually went all in. You know, they were all in. We saw everything. We experienced everything. We had to be, everything had to be reported on. Whereas back in the day, you know, hey, after six o'clock, you, there was no more news. You, you weren't going to get any more. You know, if something happened, you didn't get it to the next day. But I think they, in that campaign, knew that they had to be 24 hours on. And I think that's why she knew. I know he's laughing because we hear you uh, pouring your drink. But this is life, honey. We're sorry that's okay sounds good to me because you know me i'm all about the lemonade hopefully you're drinking lemonade yeah <laughs> is it lemonade or tea it's but anyway tea. it's tea. that's what i said i knew the sound okay so we got about two minutes left but again guys uh we have been uh approved on your podcast uh, and i don't want to mention them all because you may be listening on one that may not be be friendly with the other but uh, do check your favorite podcast platform. We we take this just as it is and post it so you can listen. Uh, again, as, as Michelle Obama arrives in your uh, area, let us know how it was, how it worked out, who got the who got to do the interview. Uh, we here we we uh, are told that we have Gail King, which is going to be absolutely awesome. And mm-hmm. but the thing about Atlanta is uh, here in Atlanta is going to be in a larger venue. I think only a couple places, a lot of places have had kind of a, I don't want to say intimate theater, but a theater style. Here, we're in an arena style. So, you know, even though we're probably going to have amazing screens and not going to miss a beat, you know, I think some of the other places are, are more fitting for a book club type conversation. Uh, definitely so. Uh, J- Z, I keep want to say Jay-Z. <laughs> but CJ, <laughs> I am agreeing with you all. Yolanda, great podcast. My first one. Thanks so much for, for catching it. Again, I'm Yolanda at Dryer Bus, 17 years blogging. 
Uh, Angela is also Atlanta. She's a great uh, marketing and media uh, strategist. And so if you guys are looking, Angela Stalkup, um, A-N-G-E-L-A-S-T-A-L-C-U-P dot com. Go to her website, get some great information. If you are looking for, like Michelle Obama, some of that great media training and really how to tell your story, how to pivot and all those great things. And then once you get your story down, come over to me. And I'll make you a headline. So, Angela, again, thank you so much for a great podcast. Thank you, Yolanda. And just as a wrap-up, think about what what is your why? Mm-hmm. What do you need to ask? Don't be afraid to ask it. If it's no, keep <coughs> come up with a new ask, right? But don't be – what is the ask that you need today? What help do you need mm. to ask for? What support do you need to ask for? What goal – or intention do you need to ask for? So, you know, let's all go out and do a big ask, right? And I've got, I'm going to say, take my big ass and do a big ask. So <laughs> it, and that's it. Don't be, don't be afraid because no. that, is, that could be your beginning or you, that could be your becoming. I'll put yes. it that way. All righty. Mm-hmm. All righty, guys. We are becoming a podcast. So we'll catch you guys here next Tuesday. All right. Don't have the book. Go get the book so you can keep up with us. All right, Angela. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.